Good evening everyone. My name is Manash Patel Burakohai. I work as a co-founder with Modus Operandi NGO. This is a very fresh NGO which has started a while back. It has been a year that we have been working on spreading the awareness throughout the northeast of India and in India and worldwide as well. So today the topic that we are going to speak about is uh, illegal wildlife trafficking and what's happening in the northeast and region of India. in order to give you a brief description about or probably you know tell you what illegal wildlife trafficking is all about or illegal wildlife trade for that matter now illegal wildlife trade is basically driven by high profit margins and in many cases high prices paid for rare species by rare species i would like to say endangered species like for example the rhino or the ganges river dolphins in assam or probably the pangolins which are the highest trafficked animal in the world now the vulnerable wild animals are pushed further to the age of extinction when nature can't replenish their stocks to keep up with the rate of human consumption the human consumption is as such it is never ending I really don't know when is it going to stop. The rate of consumption that we are moving ahead with killing everything rampantly just because of the taste. The primary motivating factor for illegal traders is completely money based. It's economic. Ranging from small scale local income generation to major profit oriented businesses such as marine fisheries and lodging companies or probably in now if you see it in the brahmaputra region of assam you could see that happening with ornamental fishes you could see that in illegal wildlife trafficking you could also see that in illegal fishing activities at the brahmaputra now the second question that comes to my mind how will illegal wildlife trade affect us as a whole we need to understand this aspect right so trafficking in wildlife can actually diminish species population and cause local or even global extinction now we need to understand this how now if i come to you know the basics i mean if i talk about a layman perspective when the endangered species are involved any poaching or harvesting of that species to supply the illegal trade risks the species becoming extinct because it will start from here let's suppose uh, the rhino poaching the rhino poaching only doesn't happen out here for that matter the rhino poaching goes on in different parts of india different parts of the world and rampantly it was going on out here in assam but however we could see a certain decrease in the rhino poaching activities which is a good sign Now the methods. There are various methods used by the poachers to kill or capture the animals, and the way the animals are handled, and you know they are handled in a very very cruel way, and they are oftenly you know extremely cruel, and fail to comply with animal welfare standards. I don't know what PETA is doing about it. I mean that's a sham, for that matter, and I'm not scared to say that. Furthermore. Many transportation and concealment methods are harmful to animals and many specimens fall ill. By specimens I would say those particular animals when they are being trafficked 
they will definitely fall ill when you keep them beside you which you must have been seeing in latest videos in recent videos just because of the pandemic coming in and it has been generated from the animals the wildlife animals and that's how it got into the focus right i'm sure you must have gone through a lot of videos about this furthermore if you can see the many transportation and concealment methods which are used right and uh, that will lead to what they'll starve to die or otherwise they uh, you know they will uh, get some you know disease which might affect and that is affecting us right now and they die because while the time they are being transited from one place to the other let's suppose if you get an extinct uh, i would say endangered species from kaziranga or manas national park or for that matter dibrosoik as well if you take those animals from their habitat and try and you know traffic them to different parts of Myanmar or probably Churachandpur or probably uh, More or whatever places there are many places let's not get into that right now i'll get into that in my later podcast now beyond the direct negative biological impact on specific species the illegal wildlife trade can have indirect impacts from a conservation perspective now if i talk about conservation perspectives a lot of people would you know would ask me like what do you know about conservation have you studied genetics have you studied this have you studied that i mean is it really important for me to even go ahead and study it and probably get a degree or a masters or a phd to actually work on it i really don't think so and it should doesn't matter us so now coming back to the point the two most obvious examples that i could find out here are detrimental bycatch of non-target species and the introduction of harmful alien species into a habitat now harmful you know when i say harmful alien species that means if there is no particular fish habitat which could actually you know affect that particular area or probably that particular pond or probably that lake or that you know tributary where those kind of fishes don't breed if you try and put in that kind of fish out there and try to earn from it trust me the entire habitat and the ecosystem out there in that habitat will go down that's very obvious and trust me you can google it you can learn it you can buy books you can do that and probably you know uh, students studying into you know biology or probably you know uh, students studying into any habitat ecology or wildlife science or probably zoology and there's so many courses that i could name but they all know it but is it that always it that only they should know it i don't think so so yeah coming back to that particular point there are many aspects why is this happening and we'll come to that point you know in which uh, we would see we what i'm trying to tell you you don't have to be from a conservation background to actually go and make a difference and to actually work for conservation that is a foreign concept and probably if someone is trying to tell you that please tell him to uh, you know resort to his books and academics and all that and he can be there so we do not want to dwell into those terms i mean anyone who wants to work he he or she should come ahead and work on this coming back to some other points illegal trafficking and wet market in the northeast of india how many wet markets are you aware of in india in in the northeast of india for that matter 
let me walk you through at least two, two or three wet markets out here in the northeast of India. Few recent news, if you can see, uh, regarding illegal wildlife trade in the northeast, it is first of all is in the Manipur area. Illegal hunting and wildlife trade continues in Tamenglong district. Now, let me just go through and let me just read it out to you what happened there. Recently, despite many efforts from conservationists and the Forest Department of Manipur, hunting and smuggling of wildlife continue in Tamenglong district in Manipur. According to media reports, Tamenglong is home to several species of animals, including Chinese pangolins, clouded leopards, hollow gibbons, ceros, among others. Now, it has been claimed that birds and animals, including the freshwater turtles, are mercilessly haunted. I mean, I'm so sorry, they're hunted down to be sold in the illegal wildlife trade. Now, this is the trend, you know, uh, this is something that, you know, the illegal wildlife traffickers, they will target certain people in the society who are uh, less fortunate to have certain kind of, you know, uh, monetary benefits, which will allow them to be self-sufficient. Since they are not self-sufficient, these kind of people would approach those people and try to get them into those kind of activities. Now, I'll talk about this, what we have done on the rehabilitation of these kind of poachers and how they have transformed into working for conservation and working for the environmental wildlife that's coming in the next sessions. Now, also in the local markets, meats of birds, pangolins, civet, porcupine, squirrel, python, deer, I mean, a lot kinds of deer, a lot of variety of deers and turtles are allegedly sold for human consumption in the wet markets. First you need to know what wet markets are. So Google it. Let me coming to the second point. A some forest officials recently seized a consignment of exotic wildlife species which were suspected to have been smuggled from Myanmar. And when we talk about Myanmar I have been to Myanmar twice, by the way, of Pangsu Pass and Arunachal Pradesh and all that. So, I have seen and uh, I have been living uh, my uh, childhood in those areas, not in Myanmar, I mean in the border areas of Arunachal and near Assam border areas. I'm from Dumduma. So, while I was doing that, I could see a lot of other species because uh, we were surrounded by the tea gardens and a lot of animals are rehabilitated by those tea gardens as well because there are no habitats left for them to go. So coming back to this point, the Divisional Forest Officer of Southern Assam, Sunny Deo Chaudhary. I have met Sunny Deo Chaudhary when he was posted at the DFO out there in Mangaldoi. Now he informed that forest official had intercepted a truck carrying exotic wildlife species which was coming from Mizoram. The rescued animals included a kangaroo, six Macau parrots, three Aldabra tortoises and two porcupine monkeys. Capuchin monkeys are Central and South American primates which are found in tropical forests of Nicaragua or Paraguay, which are considered one of the world's most intelligent species of monkeys. Aldabra tortoises is one of the world's largest land tortoises. I'll repeat that again. That's Aldabra. That's A-L-D-A-B-R-A. -A -A. Aldabra tortoise is one of the world's largest land tortoises. Now, this is what Sunny Dev Chaudhary 
the divisional forest officer of southern assam i met him in as a dfo when he was a dfo in magaldoi i met him and i've discussed a lot with him and then we had a wildlife camp out there in orang national park so that kind of discussion that we had now i'm i'm quoting this example from the discussion that i have had with a lot of people in my time you know and during this time that i was working for wildlife very you know in a on on a war footing for that matter now coming back to the third point over 16000 wild mammals and birds sold in nagaland market in india annually now it's it's all evident to us you know that uh, what's happening at nagaland also i'm naming these three districts because the data from these districts is way more than other districts in arunachal i have uh, not actually come across i will only quote and uh, tell you the things the things which i have come across our team has come across so getting back to the point of the nagaland aspects the estimates suggest there a whopping number of 16634 birds and mammals are sold each year in the twensang market alone out of that 3657 are mammals and 13067 are birds the most common bird sold was the great bobbit which was recorded in twensang market of nagaland now how is this happening now this is happening not because of the government this is not happening because of the lack of you know work from the forest end this is happening the in all the districts that i mentioned manipur assam nagaland i could name a lot more as well because uh, once i have the sufficient data trust me i'm going to speak about this and this is happening because of people not being aware not being aware about what are the laws what are the punishment associated with this so it becomes very important for us to speak about this today i chose to speak about it alone because if i indulge other people they might come under the scanner and there would be certain reciprocations it's not that i would not come across under the scanner i would as well but it doesn't mean i'm going to stop right so uh, let me tell you about we have talked about a lot about the negativity right let's talk about how can we you know fight against the illegal wildlife trade what are the things required let me just cite it down to six examples for that matter like uh, we have to make sure that laws are very rigid we have to make enough laws the laws that we have that to prohibit wildlife trading are not enough we need to do more second part is transfer of illegal trade items into legal markets now i'll explain what that means now illegal trade items let's suppose if it's illegal of course it has to be left into the wild however the animals which are caught out there should be rehabilitated in a proper way but what kind of rehabilitation are we trying to give to that animal when we just leave it out there and some other person some other poacher or some other activity would happen and those animals will be caught back again so yeah legitimate and proper transferring rehabilitation of animals is required and most importantly what is required is people to be aware third point proper documentation of all the species caught or trafficked i mean the way we see it has to be documented properly 
if we can't document it properly, I don't think it could be done. So proper documentation. The fourth aspect. The demand of the species should be curbed with proper legal procedures and awareness. The same point. However, you have to understand the demand. How, how does the even demand arise? The demand arises from our need to have an animal, to have meat, right? The meat consumption. Like if we see meat, if we see certain good species, all right, you know what? I'll like to have it. I'd like to go ahead and have this particular bird. I'd like to have this particular species. Let me try it. I haven't tried it. So yeah, that part we need to be thoughtful. You cannot just go ahead and have everything that you see crawling or probably see flying. I mean, I'm sorry. That shouldn't be done. And we'll talk about it in our later sessions. Make domestic trade regulations strict. We need to make domestic regulations trade to be very strict. How? that the government and the policy making should intervene on that and that's how we should be doing it. The sixth point, not the last point of course, increase the funding. Increase the funding to tackle and prosecute illegal poachers. Now there are two aspects of this. The first aspect is the fund, okay the fund coming in but the how is the fund being utilized and what are we doing about it? I mean how first of all the fund coming in. Second comes where are we utilizing it and how are we utilizing it so that's those are the things that we could actually do to look into it and actually curb illegal wildlife crimes i mean uh, I, i'm not going to talk about the canines here i'm not going to talk about the all the species and all the animals that we see amongst our vicinity no i'm talking about the species which are illegally wildlife trafficked and those are endangered species they are killed and trafficked because of certain reason because they have some medicinal value which uh, I don't think they have which is a hoax being created just to create the demand or the market and uh, that's what is going on and people tend to follow it I mean just to make an easy money or probably make some money so please don't do it and with this we would like to come to an end of this session do not get into all these kind of activities report it there are certain agencies we have been talking about in our previous podcast as well and also in our webinars at uh, you know, modus operandi and we'll keep on doing this. So we would like to, you know, go ahead and listen to us and also do the research on your end. I mean, you have a cell phone, right? You have an iPad, you have a, you know, telephone, you have a laptop. Please go ahead and do it. Please try to see what's going on. I mean, it's not about just uploading a TikTok video. I mean, if you have a cell phone, okay, you're doing a TikTok video, which is fine. But what is your TikTok video catering to? Or if you're trying to make a video about, you know, parting somewhere, all right, that is fine. But what more can you do? So try and think about that aspect. We're going to talk about all those aspects later on as well. So yeah, with this, I would like to conclude this particular session. And thank you so much for at least uh, giving your time to listen to this. Because uh, in the later sessions, we'll have different people coming in from the wildlife uh, uh, diaspora who are actually conservationists. And some people who have not studied it, but they are actually conservation. They are doing tremendous job in the northeast of India. So with this, we would like to end this session. And thank you so much for joining in. Uh, please do keep on listening to us. And I would not ask you to subscribe. I would not ask you to go ahead and like our videos. Please do it only if you feel like. I mean, you have to feel for it. I cannot just, you know, ask you just for 
getting those likes or the videos and all that we are not in here for the fame and everything we just want to make some noise but subtle activism has to that's how it should start thank you so much for joining in